from MPB Think Radio. This is Everyday Tech. I'm Sherita Brent, joined today by Wills Couture, information technology expert at New Core Steel Jackson and Flowood, and IT instructor at Holmes Community College, and Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctor and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. This morning, we'll talk about finance and tech. What's the best way to protect your financial information on the internet? How can you buy items offline safely and pay for things online safely? Are you a fan of online banking? Give us a call this morning at 877-MPB-RING if you have any questions about tech and your finances. 877-672-7464 or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. We'll be back right after the news. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sherita Brent, joined today by Wills Couture, information technology expert at New Core Steel Jackson and Flowood, and IT instructor at Holmes Community College, and Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctor and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. This morning we'll talk about tech and finance. Are you a fan of online banking or does it make you afraid? We'll talk a little bit about how to safely do some online banking. Additionally, how to protect your financial information on the internet, how to buy items offline, some things you can do. 877-MPB-RING is the number if you want to talk with us about tech and finance, your finances this morning, 877-672-7464, or send an email to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Good morning to you, Wilson Jeremy. How's it going? Hey, good good morning. All right. Well, I will start by saying yesterday my grandmother called me, and she was in in a frenzy. She was concerned about... Um, our calls being recorded. So apparently there was something on the news about phones getting hacked and cars getting hacked and uh, the government being able to hear what's going on. And uh, I was reading this morning on CNN Tech about the CIA apparently released some uh, some some group of documents, and it has folks all worried about uh, are my calls being listened to? Is my phone being hacked? Computer being hacked? So, uh, just wondering if you guys had heard about that story, and uh, what do you, what do you think about that? Should oh, folks yeah. be concerned? I'm not. Yeah, I'm not really surprised to be honest with you. I mean, yeah, it's the been going on for years. This yeah, is WikiLeaks. Like, yeah, this has been going on for a very long time. Yeah, a lot of the. And, you know, I mean, I'm sure a lot of listeners have thought it, too. A lot of things changed in September of 2001, and I think um, I think those concerns became a little bit more founded, you know, things like the Patriot Act and, you know, without getting into all of that. But, yeah, there's a – I guess I'd have to say I kind of agree with, with your grandmother a little bit on that. I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned that people are, are listening in, though, at the same time um, – if they're listening to me, they're getting pretty dang bored. So, are we being spied on, or is this just general surveillance? So, um, what's the difference? To be honest with you, general surveillance versus I guess spying. like, a, that's like a, a security camera on the streets. You know, like that's something right. you can see. Okay, so um, what's the best way to put it? I mean, your 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 calls are being recorded. Yeah, your text messages are monitored. But this has been going on for years. I mean, this is this is not a new thing. Um, and basically, I guess what that article was saying was that they are actively hacking our devices, so they uh, have the extended capability to do that. 
Um, in some cases, I'd say that's just kind of par for the course. Every every country's got to be doing something similar to that. As technology gets more advanced and uh, end users are able to encrypt their communications, they've got to do something to fight back against that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, we'll take like cars, for example. You know, people have OnStar in some of their, um, you know, General Motors cars. Well, how do you think that that car knows where to send emergency services to you if you have an accident or something? It's got right. to track you, and mm-hmm. those go into a system. And, and unfortunately, people can use that for good, but you can use it for bad as well. And that's just a um, that's just an unfortunate truth of, of this day and age, really. And, uh, well, you know, Jeremy, you mentioned the word monitoring. Uh, is it in some cases uh, that maybe people will get monitored more if they're, you know, on a watch list or some sort? Or if you say yeah, the word absolutely. bomb in a text message, you know, there are probably some, some red flags. I don't know. I kind of feel like it's more like, uh, do we have any interest in what this person has done digitally in the last, I don't know, 10 years probably? Mm-hmm. So if they don't have any reason to look at you, there's a file, but uh, they're not interested in digging through it and hearing you talk to your mom about, you know, that salad you had yesterday that was so delicious. So um, I'd say if you don't raise any red flags, um, you're probably not being looked at actively, but it's possible to do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we get this a lot at uh, at work. I mean, you know, if you're in a work environment, what you do on your email, what you do on the Internet is actually in general monitored. I mean, um, right. You know, we're we're recording what what usage is going on on the websites. But, you know, for example, out at Nucor, we've got two hundred and seventy some odd teammates out there. Do you really think that I'm actually looking to see what, you know, Joe or Jim are actually doing? Those things get looked at when there's a problem. If I see, you know, a virus comes through onto a computer, then I'm going to look into those logs. But I mean, really, I have a ton better things to do during the day than to worry about what you're writing back and forth. I mean, so so some of that does kind of come down to can you versus do you? And I would actually, I, I think, I mean, that kind of goes along with what you're saying, Jeremy, is yeah, we're all leaving a digital footprint, but are we raising enough red flags to get anybody to actually want to look inside the box? Exactly, exactly. It's it's like uh, surveillance tapes. You know, like you said, you only look back at them if something happened. Yeah, right. you're not going to sit out and watch your grass grow on your home camera. <laughs> you know, if your lawn gnome didn't disappear. Exactly. So, so one of the suggestions in this article uh, for people to avoid hacking and kind of to stay safe is to keep devices up to date, meaning get your software updates. Uh, do you think that's important? Can that help protect people from viruses and things? Uh, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when your when your phone pops up saying, "Hey, we've got an update," I mean, they're not updating these things. They're not updating your computers and everything else. They're not updating them for the heck of it. They're updating them because there was a problem found. It's kind of uh, kind of the same if you know you get a notice in the mail that you have a recall on your car. They're mm-hmm. not doing that just because oh, they had nothing better to do on a Tuesday. They're doing that because there was a problem that's been discovered that they want to correct. Same thing with with software updates, be it your phone, your computer, um, even this day and age, you know, your television and those different, you know, we've talked quite a bit before about IoT, you know, the Internet of Things. A lot of things are connected now, you know, your, your Roku's update, all these things update and they're usually for a reason. And you speak of televisions. Another uh, suggestion on this article to avoid hacking is to unplug your smart TV because apparently uh, there's some kind of uh, wiring in it where it can pick up conversations in it, the room yeah, and it, the webcam can pick up what you're doing. So I never even thought about that, turning off the TV. Smart my thing TV. is it, you, don't even have to, you don't have to unplug it. You just mm-hmm. don't connect it to the Internet. Okay. Problem solved. Okay. It's not going to connect itself to any networks around you. You have to do that. Yeah, so. exactly. Like, for example, we have an Xbox One at the house. 
And one of the really cool things with the Xbox One is I can walk into the game room there and go, Xbox, turn on. Right. Well, it's got to be listening in order to be able to do that. And the same thing we, you know, um, say like with your your Amazon Echoes and all these other things, they've got to be listening to what you're saying to pick up those words. Hey, Siri has to know that you're talking. So mm-hmm. it just kind of makes sense that it is listening. Um, you know, Alexa I mean, knows all the goofy songs that I sing when nobody's around. Exactly. <laughs> she knows all about it. Yeah. She doesn't tell us all that. Oh, boy. All uh, right. Well, you know. <laughs> Um, okay, so a piece of personal tech news. Um, I put a video up on Facebook, and I got a million views for the first time, which is really exciting. Congratulations. Um, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but one thing that I've noticed under the video is I'm getting a lot of comments from people that are not actually about the video. It's like some kind of... Ah, it's like a bot comment. Spammy, yeah. yeah. And so what they've been posting me, posting recently is a link to the movie Get Out that says, hey, watch the full link, uh, watch the full movie at this link. Um, is that are those comments that I should be deleting? If people click on that link, is it possible that they could uh, get hacked or be spammed or what? With it's, a million views, it's probably going to be pretty hard for you to take down all of them. Yeah, I've, I've been trying, <laughs> but it is hard. If yeah, people lo- should kind of know better than clicking on that stuff, and most people do. So if anyone mm-hmm. doesn't, don't don't click on that stuff. Give your grandmother a call and make sure she doesn't click on them. Yeah. Right. My real. grandmother's not on Facebook. So she <laughs> hates it. Good on granny. <laughs> All right. Uh, we have a call to get to. Bob is in Purvis. Good morning to you, Bob. What do you have for us today? Uh, yeah. I, I want to make a comment, and I got a quick question. Okay. All right. Uh, people that have uh, telephones and small uh, handheld computers and, and items like that, one way to you get home, you want to uh, put them in a place where nobody can... Uh, receive or or transmit through your uh, electronic devices is I put them in uh, what's known as a Faraday box. And that's uh, one thing that's known as a Faraday box is what a uh, microwave is. If you have a, if you want have a microwave that goes bad or you want, want to buy one, you just buy it and open it up and stick your items in it and it can't receive or be tapped into while it's in that box. They also make bags that you can get that are like zipped up cases uh, that will do the exact same thing. Well, it's right, a very good suggestion. Time. Okay, I made one out of uh, two bean cans. You know, you swedge one out, flare it out, and you can wedge it together as long as it fits real tight. And you put your telephone in it, and you, you just swedge them back together where they fit real tight, and that's the same thing. Interesting. Okay, right. and just I, a, a a little quick one too. Something else that works really well on that. Aluminum foil. Oh. Good old aluminum foil. Those, uh, the, you know, if you're wanting, I actually recommend to a lot of different people because you can actually uh, proximity scan some of these RFID chips that are like in yeah. um, credit cards. Mm-hmm. Simply well, taking a piece of aluminum foil and putting it into your wallet makes it that somebody could not scan it by being nearby. Oh, yeah. So I right. usually just put aluminum foil in my purse to wrap up food at buffets, but that's a good well, idea. Well, hey, there you go. <laughs> that's you also, isn't that the idea behind the tinfoil hat also yeah. to keep the government from scanning your thoughts? You put the, yeah. the tinfoil on. Yeah. But no, tinfoil works great. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Uh, hey. Go ahead, Bob. The bean can. All right. If you if you take and dial a number and or get somebody to call you while it's in this can, if you leave it in there for like 10, 15 minutes and get them to call you, and then you take your... Take it apart real quick and open it up. You won't have received that call, but that's proof that it works. But the next question I wanted to ask was uh, on smart TVs or whatever, how can you tell if there's a camera behind the screen? 
can uh, a flat screen TV be a smart TV? It's not going to have a hidden camera. Um, this is like a feature that's included with the TV. You would know that it came with a camera, and it would be at the top in the middle most likely. Kind of like your laptops would usually have the little dot right above yeah. the screen in the center. All right. Well, also, I've heard that if you, whether you're connected to the Internet or not, but if you have your TV, like uh, direct TV, where you hook up your phone line to it, mm-hmm. I've heard that you don't have to be on the Internet on your TV. They can come feed back through that phone line into your system. One of those satellites actually, uh, the, like in the case of direct TV, they'll actually... Just for our listeners out there, the phone line connection is so that it can kind of phone home at night and lets them know any kind of pay-per-views you may have rendered. That's what that's actually for. All right, Bob, thank you for your call and your comments. We appreciate it. We need to take a quick break. When we get back, we will begin the conversation about tech and finance. Let us know, are you a fan of online banking or do you prefer to pay for things uh, the old school way? Do you have any questions about uh, hacking or are you concerned about your things being hacked into? We are going to talk a little bit about how to protect your financial information uh, if you do things like purchase items offline or manage your finances online. 877-MPB-RING is the number to join the conversation. We do have all lines currently open 877-672-7464 or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. This is Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sharita Brent, joined today by Wilkes Couture and Jeremy Thompson. And we're going to be talking about tech and finance today. You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING if you have any questions or concerns about how to protect your financial information on the Internet. Uh, If you use online banking, tell us how it works out for you. Or if you're afraid, if you think that you should just stick to the old school way of doing things uh, with paper and you are afraid to go digital, tell us why. Maybe we can give you some advice. 877-672-7464. We'd also like to know how does uh, Google Wallet work for you, things like that. Do you use uh, those resources when it comes to paying for things and managing your finances digitally? 877-672-7464 is the number or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. All right, guys. So I would like to start with us and use uh, each other as examples. I use online banking. Um, I think it is awesome for both of my uh, bank, uh, bank accounts. I am able to see what's coming out, what is coming in. Uh, if I transfer some money, you know, I can see uh, when it's coming. And to me, it is a very helpful resource because I used to have to go to the bank and ask them to print out a long, uh, you know, record, paper right. record of things that, you know, I had paid for. So mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on um, online banking? Do you think it's something that everybody has to do, or is it just kind of left up to the person? I, I'm a big fan, uh, especially for exactly what you said. You have instant access, and you can look right into what's going on with your accounts, which means that gives you the availability sitting right here, You know, maybe sitting in line waiting for something, that you can look and you can spot a fraudulent charge before that monthly statement comes out, which means that you're going to be able to attend to it a lot quicker. It gets you more in tune with your finances. So 
So from that aspect, I really like that. I mean, I know, for example, my wife, every morning, that's one of the first things she does is she's checking. And it's just, you know, that making sure is what's there, what I really charge. We're able to see our kids' accounts. I mean, in one screen, she can see all of that. Because like you said, we used to have to go down there and say, oh, can you print me out my last statement? Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's and a I great And I get an email, feature. too, uh, about, well, you just made this purchase or uh, mm-hmm. you just signed in from this different advice. Uh, so I think that's really cool. Jeremy, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I like it also. I use it every morning. Um, a little confession, I'm kind of terrible at balancing a checkbook. So <laughs> to be able to have that access to those numbers and see... Okay, I've got that much in there. I'm I'm good. I just I, I just don't have the patience to balance a checkbook, so I like having it at a moment's notice to be able to look at it and see like okay, that's how much I got in there. So I've got enough. Now, some research says that um, it is harder to lift an individual's personal financial information uh, digitally uh, than it is with a bank statement because if a, a bill is lingering around that hasn't been shredded. It could be picked up in the mail and all of your information is on there. So from a safety perspective, uh, do you think the digital or the the paper route is safer? They both have their downsides. I mean, if mm -hmm. somebody gets a hold of your account numbers, they can compromise you. It is possible. I mean, if you throw away sensitive information in the garbage, Someone can find it, and they can use that to steal your identity. Meanwhile, if we're talking electronically, especially if you're in the habit of storing your passwords in your computer, which I don't recommend for your banking information especially, um, it's easily compromised. I mean, there there are programs that you can get that you can run on the computer. They take just a couple of seconds to go in and dig out all your passwords. I mean, you're looking at everything in plain text. Mm. Um, so what are your thoughts on uh, PIN numbers? Uh, when it comes to signing into a banking app, you know, like we've talked about, you don't want it to be the, the last four of your social or something like that. So right. what are your thoughts on creating a PIN number that's won't, that won't be easily guessed? Well, remember, if, uh, if you're on social media whatsoever, if you're on Facebooks and Instagrams, getting your birth date's pretty easy. Getting your birth year is pretty easy along with those of, yeah, I wouldn't uh, recommend uh, family using either. friends. Either of those. Yeah. Uh, anniversary dates are very easy. So so think about what numbers you actually have already exposed to folks and then just try to think something totally opposite. I mean, you know, if, you, if you're my friend on Facebook, you know my birthday, you know my birth year, you know my kids' birth years, you know my anniversary date with me and my it's wife. It's easy to get all yeah. that information like, huh, if I wanted to go digging, let me see what I could find and just scroll through your timeline a little bit and then you got all that info. Right. So when it comes to the PIN numbers, just make it something that's just totally abstract um you know avoid things like oh i don't know one two three four isn't that yours Jeremy? no it's not no. my pen number <laughs> 1492 yeah, you know, yeah. um yeah just those things that are kind of common it's kind of they're almost kind of like you know you don't want to use the word password for your password always right. use you know password one that's about a lot better that's your password again too isn't that, that is my password <laughs> you got me this time i used to get tired of remembering them you know so eventually i'll use password two but i'm still oh, on no password way. one at the moment 877-MPB-RING is the number. This morning we're talking about tech and finances. We've started the conversation by talking about online banking, uh, and we'd love to hear your thoughts on online banking. Is it something you do? Are you comfortable with it? Um, Or do you prefer to just bank um, in person or with paper? Call us at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. If you have any questions about how to protect your financial information on the Internet, 877-672-7464 or email. Everyday Tech at mpbonline.org. Um, did you have something? Oh, yeah, I was going to say, uh, you're mentioning the PIN number, Sharita. That kind of reminds me of a story 
that I had heard from a friend of mine, and she had gotten her purse stolen, which, of course, had her phone into it, and the phone did not have a password on it. Uh-oh. So later on that day, her husband receives a text, apparently from her, asking, Hey, honey, I forgot the PIN number to the bank account. Can you please let me know what it is? Well, of course, it comes from her phone. Husband did not know yet that her phone, that her purse and phone and wallet and everything had been stolen. So, of course, he replies back, oh, sure, honey, it's one, two, three, four. Well, what he did inadvertently just done is actually given the thief the PIN number because he, he had control of her purse as well as of her wallet. So one thing to kind of mention when it's out there is don't just give that information up on digital. You know, we talk about passwords on your phones a pretty good bit. Um, anybody can pretend to be someone coming across there. So think about it. if someone's asking you sensitive information like that, I would definitely recommend, especially from that story, give them a call mm-hmm. and don't just shoot the number on back because you never know. It could be somebody messing with you on the other end. Agreed. Yeah, so, so, yeah, it was just like I said, it just reminded me of that story. And while we're talking about phones and passwords, 2580 is not a good password. We see that one a lot in the shop. That's just all the numbers all the way down. Oh, That's okay. a terrible password. Hmm. Okay. 1357, Yeah, I didn't even think about that. The, the beauty of that, though, is that your phone is better protected because you only get so many attempts to guess a password before it locks you out for one minute, right. five minute, 15 minutes. And then I've even seen some that say, like, a million minutes. <laughs> it's hilarious. Oh, I've seen them, yeah, really get yeah. locked up. Um, so what are your thoughts on um, when you, when it comes to paying bills on websites? Should you do this in the comfort of your own home? Would you advise against uh, paying for bills and putting your personal credit card information on a computer like at a coffee shop somewhere? Yeah, I wouldn't I do would that. I would not at a coffee shop. Nope. I would not at a hotel. Um, on my own personal computer, I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it goes back to that, you know, are you checking your bank account regularly to make sure what's there is there? But um, a few things to, to think about whenever you're looking at online payments. Um, make sure, for one, that the website is an HTTPS. Usually you'll see a little padlock up there. The green lock. Yep. And and especially if it's a financial site, a lot of those, your actual address bar where the address of the website is at will actually turn green to give mm-hmm. you a visual indicator. So you want to make sure it's a secure site. You want to make sure you're following a link that you're aware of. Don't follow a link. Say, hey, you need to make this, you know, MasterCard payment. And here, oh, by the way, here's the link in an email. Those could be faked. You want to go to where you know that it's at. So, you know, you're typing in MasterCard.com, you know, BankPlus.com, what have you. Um, so just make sure, you know, just, just a little bit of common sense kind of things with that. Uh, just make sure you're doing what you think you're doing. And yeah, I mean, I've, I've, my experience has always been pretty good with online payments. I've been pretty comfortable with it. Okay. Uh, we're going to go to the phones. Alan is in Brandon with a comment about online banking. Good morning to you, Alan. What do you have for us? Hey, guys. I just want to make a couple of comments about online banking. Uh, I, I, I'm a big fan of it, too. Uh, I, I'm low vision, so I don't, uh, my site's pretty much gone, so I don't, I, I don't deal with cash anymore. So I love online banking because I can charge everything to a credit card, earn rewards points with the credit card, download the transactions from the credit card every month, and put them right into my, you know, like right, right into Quicken and stuff. So it's, it's real easy. And, and, and like you mentioned, Sharita, I think I'm, I'm a big fan of setting up my credit cards so that if, if I get, if I, if a charge hits my credit cards, it's over a certain dollar amount, I get notified. So, uh, uh, one of my sons was using my credit cards a few years back and I got a notification right away and I knew somebody had, had got the number. So I was able to cancel it, 
uh, you know, that, you know, within an, within an hour or two of the transaction. So it's, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's really nice. You can, you, you can protect yourself. And I, I just want to caution folks in this day and age with these mobile devices, don't, don't sign into your bank on a public Wi-Fi network. So, you know, you, you use some common sense, have, have a good password, make sure the network you're, you're accessing your, your transactions and your financial zone is, is one you know about it's not a not a public network and just you know be sensible so all right good uh, advice alan very much yeah, yeah. This stuff's very convenient so you, you but you know don't leave common sense at home or, or you'll you'll get your, your 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 fanny taken away from you just be careful yeah all right alan thank you so much i appreciate your call good comments um earlier jeremy you mentioned about uh budgeting um, there, there have to be some budgeting apps out there where where people can use and you know help yeah. them keep up with uh, their spending. There are apps that you can connect to your bank account. Um, one that comes to mind is called Mint, and it helps mm-hmm. you like set budgets. It'll keep track of your spending. I think you can actually um, you can set it to where if you exceed a budget in one area or whatever, it'll like let you know that you're doing that um that's one app that i've i've dabbled with a little bit whilst do you use anything well with us um you know uh with the bank that we we work with they actually have software that they'll actually give you so when you're going into there you can actually classify your purchases and you can start saying hey where's my money going oh my gosh i really eat out that much do you do that online or is that an app on your phone it actually comes into the app on the phone as well okay so i can see so you can do it online or on the app correct oh that's correct that's awesome yeah that's yeah, helps to cool. set it on up, and then you know, then it can download uh, something. I think Alan mentioned earlier, go, go straight into Quick, and it makes you know tax time and everything else a little bit easier. So. That's very cool. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about Apple Pay, and so this is a way for you to combine your credit cards and de- debit cards, and and use it to pay for things when you're out. Um, so, what are your thoughts on on Apple Pay? Do you think it's safe? Um, do you think it's convenient? What do you think about that? I think it's safe depending upon the end user. If they're keeping their phone locked up and stuff like that, it should be relatively safe. I think, uh, Wills, do you use it? I don't have an iPhone, so I don't... I do not. Um, Does it require... Do you know if it requires like a pin or anything before you make a a transaction? Usually it locks into your fingerprint. You know, a lot of them Uh, are using the fingerprint scan, so it'll lock kind of onto that. Mm -hmm. Um, And... Works pretty well, I guess. Really, maybe I'm just uh, a little bit older. I'm just kind of used to putting that yeah. card in the machine out there. I've just um, not gotten comfortable putting my phone up to it yet. But everything that I've looked into about it, I've talked to a few friends that utilize it. Um, some guys up at work, we were talking about it. And, you know, they felt secure. Again, going back to the, you know, they do have a tendency of watching their charges and they, you know, know what's going on. Sure. But, uh, but it's been pretty convenient for them. Cool. Well, let's hear from Sam. Uh, Sam, our producer who's uh, running the board today, uses Apple Pay. Yeah, I use it all the time. So oh, awesome. uh, how, how does it work for you, Sam? Because I have an iPhone and I don't use it because I'm old school like Wilson. It, it's the idea is scary to me. But what about you? Well, I walk to the I walk to the grocery store a lot. I live kind of around the corner from the grocery store, so I don't have to, I don't have to bring my wallet. So I just bring my phone nice. and then just, you know, and it uses, you're right, Will, it uses your fingerprint. So, so if you don't have a passcode you... on your phone, they will steal your car. Wow. <laughs> oh, and, yeah. and they can't really, you can't use it unless you have, uh, unless you are, unless your fingerprint is on the the button or whatever. Okay. So okay. if you lose your phone, then who the, the thief won't be able to no. access your Apple no. Pay stuff. Oh, okay. They could, I guess you could go on, um, you can, I bought some basketball tickets last week with it and, uh, you can use that as like an option. So I guess if they were very 
good at <laughs> getting into stuff. I mean, I guess I could mm-hmm. buy things on Groupon or buy random basketball tickets to SEC basketball games that I have <laughs> on my phone. But I doubt I doubt they would be able to do too much with it. But yeah, I like it a lot. I use it all the time. Okay. Well, I think something else that brings up also though is think about whenever you're getting a new phone. Yeah, you do have to sw- to wipe it off. And I will, I do agree with you on this about putting the card in. You do think a lot more about doing stuff when you're putting the card in before you're like, <laughs> you just wave the phone in front of the machine and there it goes. It's out. So, yeah. All right. Well, we are going to take a quick break. And this morning we're talking about tech and finances. Uh, let us know if you are comfortable doing things like online banking using Apple Pay. We'd love to hear uh, what your experience has been with those things. Things like PayPal, sending and receiving money. Uh, what sources do you use through your phone to uh, manage your finances? Give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. If you have any questions about protecting your financial information on the Internet, 877-672-7464 is the number. Or send an email to every Everyday Tech at mpbonline.org. This is Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sharita Brent in studio with Wills Couture and Jeremy Thompson. This morning we're talking about tech and finances, ways you can use your tech devices uh, to help you manage your finances, send and receive money. Uh, you can let us know what you use. Are you familiar with PayPal? Uh, do you like PayPal? Do you like online banking? Or do you prefer the old school way of not doing anything on the Internet and just paying for things in person or with a hard copy? Give us a call at 877-MPB-RING if you have any questions or comments about how to protect your financial information information on the internet and if you have any general tech questions about your tech devices we will take those as well 877-672-7464 is the number we do have some lines open 877-MPB-RING is the number or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org all right Jim is in Jackson with an online banking uh, question good morning Jim what do you have for us Good morning. The feature I like best about online banking is the ability to take a photograph of my check and have it instantaneously deposited. Uh, You don't have to worry about mailing it or getting lost along the way. And that's a very attractive feature uh, that I like about online banking. Yes, that is extremely awesome. Oh, <laughs> you very much so. Never have to leave. You know, you know, you can just stay in for your lunch break and just deposit something at your desk at work from your phone. Yep. Yeah. All right, Jim, thank you so much. I appreciate that. I know my wife loves that particular feature, too. I've, every now and then, you know, uh, instead of having to go all the way into town, try to get to the bank, remembering to get on by, just go ahead and get her done. Right. It was, it was pretty unbelievable when I fig- figured out I could do that. I'm saying, so I do not have to go to the bank. I can literally right. just, I mean, uh, if it's a big amount, I'm going to probably go to the bank. But if it's a small amount, I'll do it for my phone. I guess it's, it's not that big of a deal. Pretty but cool. the question is, what do you do with that check after you've taken a picture, do you shred, shred. it? Mm-hmm. After you make sure that it's actually deposited. Once, yeah. you, once you see that transaction go across on your bank, uh, at least that's what my wife does. She puts them right over there into the shredder. They're good to go. You know That way you're not worried about it, I think. And she, I actually want to say she actually probably writes something like marker right across it. Yeah, that's And then smart. shreds it. Yeah. 
Um, so I had a question for a friend of mine. She uh, gave her son her phone and kind of just let him have at it. He was playing a drum set app. And while she was away, even though she had a password when it comes to being able to purchase apps, he still bought something like worth $20. So how can parents get around that, their their children not buying stuff on their phone? I mean, a password, maybe the fingerprint would be helpful uh, to, to keep your kids from buying things without your permission. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how that would even happen. Yeah, uh, should, there right? is a way in the App Store where you can say, um, uh, ask me uh, like every 15 minutes, I think. But doesn't that mm-hmm. only affl- apply to free purchases? Uh, I, I forget, but that's that's definitely strange because uh, it, it it should prompt for a password whenever it does a paid purchase. Yeah, so it should. if the I'm kid actually, knows uh, the parent's password, then yeah, he's that's four, how he so did he doesn't it. know the password. You sure? <laughs> yeah, I don't I think don't he know, knows man. It. Kids, you never know. You <laughs> never know. I, I've seen my nieces and nephews go at it on a phone, and I'm like, how do they know what they're doing? They can't even read. Yeah, it's well, crazy. They, they've just been, you know, watchful all this time. Yeah, well, it's another strange thing too, though. And I've seen this a couple of times, and it's not common, but it's not exactly rare either. But think about that all on our hands. All right. When you do your little fingerprint scan on there, you you do leave your fingerprint. That's why the cops are able to lift them off of cars and everything else. We leave fingerprints behind, and if you're, hmm. you know, I, I usually tell people, spy baby. Yeah, yes. I usually tell people what to actually do whenever you're putting your fingerprint on the little button to unlock your phone. Instead of just raising your finger back up to mm. to release it, swipe down, smear it a little, smear it, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Because somebody could come in behind you. I mean, I guess that's the only thing I can think of. Because I'm like looking at the Touch ID and passcode settings on my phone, and yeah, it says you know must use it for iTunes and App Store. So even for free purchases, I have to use mine. Yeah. So tell her to take a look at her her security settings uh, and see if her stuff is set up that way because it should be. Yeah, with under- a four year old around. Yeah, I mean, in under settings, I just went to uh, the iPhone settings, Touch ID, and passcode, and you can see what it, uh, you know, what it gives the uh, things for. Another important one on there too, though, would be require passcode immediately, because like you yeah. said, you could actually, you know, it could time out. So or it something. will do it every fifteen minutes for the paid purchases. Correct. I, okay, see, so that's what I thought. I couldn't, I couldn't remember if it was paid or unpaid. Or you can tell it to do it immediately. Right. I tell her to do it immediately. I mean, it's not that hard for me to keep putting my fingerprint on there. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So uh, you mentioned PayPal, which mm-hmm. uh, I use all the time. Um, it's super secure. It has a, a way to do it from your phone where you can do like a PIN number like we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's really convenient. It's been around for a really long time, and it's it's a pretty solid platform. I've I've never had my PayPal hacked or anything like that. Uh, so, so what I had can problem, you do with, with PayPal? You can receive money. You can send money. Yeah, you send money. You can receive money. Uh, you can buy stuff with just about anybody now. Walmart takes it. Best Buy, Office Depot. Those are just a few that I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, pretty much anything you go online and buy, they most likely accept PayPal unless they have their own payment system like Amazon does and like mm-hmm. uh, Google does. So who would PayPal be good for? Um uh, just the average person? We're talking small business owners or what? Uh, it's good for me as a small business owner. I, I buy a lot of parts uh, through PayPal, and you get that, that added security where if anything goes wrong with the transaction, they'll open up a case and they'll pursue the other person and say, hey, you know, you didn't do this right. we got to come to a compromise here. Hmm. So it's 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 pretty fair. 
All right, 877-MPB-RING is the number. This morning we're talking about tech and finance. We'd love to hear from you. Are you a fan or not a fan of online banking? Uh, what do you use to send and receive money? Do you use PayPal or another source? Give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. If you have any questions or comments about how to protect your financial information on the Internet, call us 877-672-7464. All our lines are open. You can also send an email to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Uh, so is it free to have a PayPal account? Uh, and, and do you have to like pay them any kind of fee when you receive money? Uh, they take a fee to the, from the person that you're sending it to if it's for business purposes. Mm-hmm. If you're sending it to someone as a gift, there's no fee. Okay. Right. So kind of think about that. You know, um, a lot of people way back in the day, God, I'm showing my age on this one, uh, when you had to like, you know, Western Union, someone money, you know, maybe like, you know, a family member or something needing some money out on travel or what have you, you can send them money. That was always a nice fee associated with that. With PayPal, you can do that as well. Like, you know, if you needed to send money to your aunt, uncle, cousin, nephew, mama, what have you, you can actually send it and there is no fee involved. Yep. And it's free to have the account itself. All mm-hmm. you got to do is link it to your bank account or um, I think maybe a, a debit card or a debit credit card. 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 Yeah. yeah. The thing I love most about PayPal is that you can transfer the funds you receive to your bank. Oh, that yeah. is awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't just have to sit there in the PayPal account and, uh, you know, to use it for some other purpose. You can transfer that money you receive in PayPal to your bank, and it'll show up in one or two days. Right, and, and the same way from your bank uh, mm-hmm. to, for wherever it's going. And they also have another uh, uh, system, uh, or not system, but a, a payment method called Pay After Delivery. And that gives you two weeks from the time that you get the item, like say you buy something on eBay. Uh, it gives you two weeks to let them know if there's a problem with it, and they don't even take the money out of your account for two whole weeks. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like a little temporary credit type thing. Now, I know someone who did have an issue. She had gotten the PayPal payment, and she could see it, but she didn't have access to it. And something happened where the individual that paid the money to her, it came from a bank account. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it took a little longer for her to get access to it. So the, the, those quirky things will happen. Those are... Uh anti-scam mechanisms, I believe. Mm -hmm. That way, if they're getting sent money, they can say, uh, is this a legit purchase? Is this, you know, was the person that paid for this satisfied with everything? Um, I've even received some of those limitations when I've sold something on eBay. Mm -hmm. I would have to wait like a month before I could get the money because I didn't have enough of a seller rating on uh, PayPal Mm. uh, that they, they thought maybe... Uh, something might go amiss with the other person. So they held the money for an extremely long time. Now, it was transferred to my account, but I couldn't do anything with it until they had freed it up. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay, a couple calls. Uh, Owen is in Brandon. Good morning to you. Owen, what do you have for us? Uh, Yes, I have a scam. Go out. And I just had a question for you. I'll hang up and listen to your answer. I was just wondering, you have to access Wi-Fi in order to use the app in certain stores, and I was just wondering if that was safe, seeing as how the uh, credit card information is entered into the scan and go app. All right, so don't hang up. What what are you what what, what is stored in this app? What does it do? Well, once I get to the store, I, I turn my Wi-Fi on and I bring the app up. And I go in the store and I scan items that I want to purchase, and then I click a pay button, check it out, and then pay, and I don't have to stand in line. Okay, yeah, so Sam's it, Club is doing that now. Okay, so it all it, it'll only let you do it over Wi-Fi. 
surely it'll let you use the data on your cell phone. It always has. Whenever I try to bring it up without bringing up Wi-Fi first, uh-huh. it says Internet not connected. You know? So it's got to be because you don't have data on your phone or you have your data turned off on your phone, I'm guessing? That's, That's kind of that, it, it might be linking into the store system. Maybe? Those kind of communications, I would say, are mostly secure because I don't think they actually transmit your card number. That's going to be something that's already stored with that store. Okay, I just want to make sure that since if I was on an open Wi-Fi network, that someone would be able to sneak in there and grab those. Information. It's possible. Uh, open Wi-Fi networks are nothing to be played with. See, um, you see an app on your phone, but someone could be around the corner with a computer connected to that network monitoring all the packets and everything that are going over the network, and they could possibly pull out your password, your username. They might be able to log into your account. They might even be able to make purchases at you. So that's, you know, that's why we say be very careful on the open Wi-Fi. Okay, I'll I'll be sure to check my data. That's how we make sure it's turned on and see if I can get in in that way. I appreciate your your information. Yes, sir. Okay. Now, with your data, there's still technical security issues, but it's mostly safe, I would say. Wouldn't you say, Will? Yeah, yeah. A lot. I, most, I trust data a lot safe. more than a Wi-Fi. Yes. All right, Owen, thank you so much for your call. We appreciate it. Uh, we go next to Tom, who's in Natchez. Good morning to you, Tom. What do you have for us today? Hi. Uh, I wanted to ask y'all's opinion about a PIN number that I basically use for everything. I use my mother's birth month and day, not the year. And I've just been doing it, and I've never had a problem. Let's see what y'all thought. So the question you'd really have to ask yourself is, who else knows that information? Yeah. Do you write it down anywhere else? But my immediate family. Okay. So I would say that's that's a mostly secure password. In those cases, it's going to be um, who who you're associated with. But also remember that when a hacker is targeting you, they're not going down a list of names or possibles. They put that into a computer program and it spits out every permutation. So technically, if they had that information about your mother's date of birth, um, it, one of those permutations might just be that number. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tom. We appreciate your call. Okay. We are going. Bye-bye. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll uh, wrap up the conversation about tech and finances. And we'd love to hear your voice this morning. Uh, Are you a fan of online banking or are you opposed to it? Do you use Apple Pay, Google Wallet, PayPal? How do those things work for you? Give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. 877-672-7464 is the number. Also, if you have any general tech questions, we can take these uh, last few minutes of the show to answer them. 877-MPB-RING or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. This is Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. 
I'm Sherita Brent, joined today by Wills Couture and Jeremy Thompson. Today we've been talking about tech and finances, and uh, we have a couple calls uh, about to be ready on the line. But in the meantime, I wanted to ask you guys about cashing in old gadgets. So if you have an old computer or an old phone, are there ways to make money off those things if they are no longer usable? Old phones tend to, uh, I still see those going across on like Facebook and everything. People are still kind of selling those because so many of us change so often. You got to have a spare. You need a spare phone. People bring their phones in for repairs all the time and we're like, "Uh, sorry, it's going to have to stay overnight. Do you have a spare? Well, no, I don't don't have a spare. What would I need a spare for? Uh, Now. Now, old computers. <sighs> or, just, could we, or could you just save some of the parts in a computer as, as so opposed to. But when we're talking about a computer that's not usable, like who made that diagnosis? Was it me or Wilts or was it somebody who goes, well, it won't come on no more? Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> so <laughs> I that guy. Yeah, right. So um, I would say uh, try to donate it. To, to something, hmm. uh, like a school or something like that. Like when I was a student, we wanted those machines and we couldn't find them at all. The ones that we could get were the old 386s, yeah. like old, old computers. Mm-hmm. Schools, uh, local churches, daycares, some of these different areas, they could they, they could even take some of this older technology. And, and here's a really cool thing too, though, is if you're donating some of these older computers, say like, you know, let's just say like a daycare, for example, there are programs with Microsoft, if you're donating to a a nonprofit, they get operating systems and everything back on those things for free. So there are some really, there's some good things you can do with old technology. As far as really making some money off of them, I, I've seen older older cell phones yeah. get sold pretty good, but older computer technology, it just, it, it, it moves so fast. All but, right. Um, Going to jump to the phones, try to squeeze in these last few calls. Laurie is in Meridian. Good morning to you, Laurie. What do you have for us? Yes. Um, I had a question about the security of um, a bank. When we wanted to transfer some money to my daughter's account, we had the same bank, two different account numbers. The bank required us to, we were trying to do this online. The bank required us to add her account to our account and then wait several days. Well, my question is, if her account number is compromised by her letting, uh, for some reason, somebody get a hold of her account number and they could access could they also access ours because of this? Uh, I'm sorry. I think you need to ask your bank that question. That's <laughs> that's really going to be out of our scope of, of knowing. Every, okay. every bank will be different, but definitely consult with your technical department at your bank. Yeah, okay. yeah. I, I, I would be afraid to lead you in one direction and be absolutely yeah. wrong. There, um, there are so many rules when it comes to what banks do. Yeah. Well, I was going to consult with the bank, but I thought I might get an objective view from y'all because the bank's surely not going to tell me if they think this is a weak spot in their security but anyway hmm. thank you for your Laurie, time i'm a very paranoid technologist and i, I believe there's always a way so yeah uh, you know <laughs> i'm gonna err on the side of caution always okay thank you so much all right Laurie, thank you so much for your call we appreciate it uh tommy is in js with uh wants to talk about bills online good morning tommy what do you have for us yes i want to know if it, how safe is it to pay your bill online, like I pay my light bill, and but it's just the account number. As long as you're on your home internet, mostly safe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would definitely say it is. Just uh, you know, always just verify that they took out the amount of money you said they could take out, and, and print you know, out your receipt. Yeah, keep a keep a receipt. But other than that, I mean, I uh, I do the exact same thing, Tommy, and I feel totally secure and safe doing such. 
Yeah, okay. Tommy, I, I I usually get a receipt to my email once I pay for a bill online. So it, it shows, gives me proof that this is what you paid and this is when you paid it. So if you have to show that proof, um, you know, you have that email to refer to. Okay. Thank mm -hmm. you very much. All right, Tommy. Thank you for your call. We appreciate Bye -bye. it. All right. Uh, we have just a, a few minutes left here. We had another call, but it dropped off. Um, uh, since we've been talking about tech and, and finance and, and uh, spending money out, I wanted to talk about some ways to make money with your tech. Now, uh, Jeremy, you've mentioned, I believe, that you sell stuff on eBay. Mm -hmm. uh, how easy is this to do? You know, you have to register with eBay, upload pictures. How does that work? So you create an account. You uh, list the item that you want. You give details about it. Uh, always be honest about the items that you're selling on eBay uh, because if a seller finds it, no, oh, it's got a dent on the side, they're going to let somebody know about it. Yeah, um, lots of pictures. Yeah, pictures help. lots of pictures, lots of details. Uh, create a PayPal account in conjunction with it and connect it to your bank account if you want to get paid the quickest way. Okay, so does eBay work pretty much the same as Craigslist when it comes to um, you know, buying and selling things. Kind of. Uh, eBay is a little more sophisticated, and also they take fees out of what you do. And if you want to make your listing more glamorous, they take fees out for all that as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but the nice thing is, though, one thing that Craigslist is missing that eBay has, I think is the most powerful aspect of selling that stuff, is the feedback system. Yeah, accountability Whoever's for sure. Whoever's buying or selling, if you're going to someone on Craigslist, you don't <clears> know the first thing about, you know, is that, you know, Joe, and has he actually done some good deals in the past but when you go on ebay um pretty much you know if i was buying something say for example from jeremy anything he's ever done good bad or indifferent i can read about and you know unfortunately or fortunately sometimes people are very brutally honest behind the keyboard and i go and i look at those things before i buy something from somebody i see they have negative feedback i go read it and i say what was it that they did wrong and then you know if it's not like selling a cheap part or refusing to be reasonable or whatever, then you know I'll say okay, I'll do business with them. Well, some people you know sometimes don't ever think that just because there's one or two negatives or a few in there, yeah, you got to take it in context. You can't. Some people can just be jerks. You just can't please every customer. It's it's not possible. You can bend over backwards if you want to, but it's not possible to please everybody. Yeah, I've seen some very petty reviews. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, folks who would just you know do the most. Okay, we've had a great conversation today, Jerry. You want to uh, close us out with a poem? Absolutely. However you pay, keep hackers away. Use good passwords and keep it up to date. Don't wait. It may be too late. <laughs> All right. Good like job. Uh, Sam, thank you for operating our board this morning. I think Jason Klein was our call screen. I'm just taking a guess. All right. Stay tuned, guys. The original Southern Remedy with Dr. Rick DeShazo, I'm going to get it right, is coming up next right here on MPB Think Radio.